0: Often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode forty-six. I I'm your host, Josh Albrecht, sitting inside the Slapbox Penthouse, yet again, solo! I almost knocked my, damn it, I almost knocked the old microphone off the desk. I gotta stop doing that, I got this mic stand, like, clamped to the desk, but there's not enough room on this old uh, old desk here, or on the side of it, to clamp it. It's really easy to knock it off. So I might have some good audio of me just knocking the thing off the desktop. As I've done many a times while playing uh, Call of Duty and uh, trying to chat it up with uh, Jimmy Crow Magnum, or as he's known, on PlayStation and his Activision account, Choke and Stroke. Mr. Choke and Stroke. Hell yeah. We play a lot of COD together. We've been in the trenches together on Call of Duty. That is, <laughs> and unfortunately, I've in mid mid game before. I think I've knocked the microphone off the goddamn desk, and then like, oh shit, shit, problems, problems, and uh, uh gonna try not to do that. And maybe I should just not touch the microphone. That that could be a play that could uh, save me in the long run here. And uh, speaking of Call of Duty, I haven't played a whole lot of it. I did jump on the other night to the new Warzone um, Vanguard uh, uh, map. Not Caldera, but there's the Vanguard Vanguard Battle Royale deal they got going on on the Warzone there. And uh, I enjoyed that one a lot. I have not tried Caldera uh, yet, but I uh, there's some promise. Even though Activision seems to be a... Boiling pit of hell or, you know, it's a wasteland. I don't know. There's a lot of shit going on over at Activision. As I've uh, talked about the last, I guess, uh, podcast. But holy shit. There's, uh, there's some shit going on. Like, uh, here, just looking up the the last day here on uh, ARS Technica. There's an article, Activision Blizzard Workers Announce Open-Ended Strike in Union drive so i'm gonna imagine this is gonna you know war zone vanguard they're gonna take a hit as far as uh getting bugs fixed and just uh overall uh new things for it as uh this is a this is a problem i mean their q8 q and a team here the qa team whatever uh According to this article here, it says a group of Activision Blizzard workers calling itself a better ABK Workers Alliance announced that its members, which I guess ABK is Activision Blizzard, not sure what the K means, uh, members are taking part in an open-ended strike until demands are met and worker per- representation is finally given a place within the company. We encourage our peers in the game industry to stand with us in creating lasting change, the worker group tweeted Thursday morning. Better ABK has helped organize two previous employee walkouts to protest widespread reports of harassment and gender discrimination at the company, which have led to multiple lawsuits and executive departures. But those walkouts were time-limited efforts to send a message that employees were unhappy with the company's management direction in general, in the leadership of CEO Bobby Kotick, in particularly, uh, in particular, which I'm pretty sure he's stayed uh, pretty steadfast there with saying he's not stepping down, which is probably a mistake. Uh, it says here this week's strike is a more open-ended work stoppage in direct response to the dismissal dismissal of 12 quality assurance contractors uh, at subsidiary uh, Raven Software. Uh, Late last week, the Washington Post reports at least 200 employees across the wider company joined the walkout starting Monday, including all of Treyarch's central QA. Those strikers promised not to return until every member of the QA team, including those terminated on Friday, are offered full-time position as the group. Put it, Activision Blizzard management reportedly told striking employees that they would only be paid through Wednesday According to the Post. So, employee organizer uh, Jessica Gonzalez, who announced her impending departure from the company last month, has set up an ABK strike fund to offset strikers' lost wages and assist in potential relocation of Raven Software workers who were forced to move without financial assistance at the insistence of Activision Blizzard. As of this writing, that fund has raised over a hundred grand of its one million dollar goal in roughly twelve hours. That's, you know, 100 grand wasn't impressive until the 12, like in 12 hours. That's, that's fucking a lot of money there in 12 hours. Uh, in a GoFundMe post for that strike fund, Gonzalez says Activision Blizzard management has continually abused, union busted, and remained apathetic to the wishes of workers. Gonzalez also specifically calls out Activision Blizzard's board of directors for its claims to remain confident in Codex's unfit and unproductive leadership. Uh, I mean, I mean, it goes on for a while, but I mean, from what I've read, I think it's just from Warzone alone that they make 5.2 million dollars a day at Activision. Just, I believe, just on Warzone again, 5.2 million a day, and like they had, uh, I guess, want to say it was Wisconsin. It was, uh, I think they have a a place in Wisconsin where they had forced people to relocate to, which that article had uh, made mention of a little briefly there, of uh, the relocating. And, uh, yeah, they were not compensated to move and shit. And uh, then, uh, hey, they were let go. like, sorry. (laughs) Again, they 5.2 million a day off just one game. And they can't help their employees more than that. They're going to lay a bunch of people off. And if you've played Vanguard at all since its launch, that game is probably the most buggy game of any Call of Duty uh, when it launched ever. <laughs> Clearly, these layoffs and strikes have uh, must have taken its toll on this game. I mean, it, it's it's showing. And uh, the popularity of Call of Duty has taken a hit in the last year's anyway. I mean, it's very rep- repetitive. You know, I enjoy playing it, but then there's also the problem with all the uh, cheaters, but that's kind of a different issue. <laughs> but hopefully, you know, I, I would hope that uh, the CEO would fucking step down at some point or the, you know, the board... I imagine they have a board, since they're such a large company, but, you know, would vote to uh, get a new CEO, or however the fuck that works, Uh, (laughs) and, uh, you know, change things there, and, you know, as a fan of a lot of the older Call of Duty games, I'm hoping, you know, maybe to go back to get some more creative shit going on, whereas... The last, I don't know, 10 years has been recycling the same stuff over and over again. I mean, they can't even, like, come up with new names a lot of the time. The last World War II game to come out before Vanguard was simply Call of Duty World War Two. <laughs> How creative. I mean, hell, like, uh, you got Call of Duty Modern Warfare that was put out, what, like, two, three years ago? Whatever it was and there was already a call of duty modern warfare like how fucking lazy can you get with creativity there i mean modern warfare was a great game the reboot there or what whatever you want to call that uh like it's entertaining and stuff i played a little bit but it's you know it's it's more than just a little confusing and like what the hell you just get to shit all over the old game what the fuck I'd like to see some big changes in Activision. And the company's gotten, like, too big for itself, you know? it's they got a lot of power. And there's, you know, there's potential. I enjoy getting on playing first-person shooters as opposed to, like, other games because I find with those games I don't have to commit a lot of time to it. If I just want to get on and play for, you know, 15, 20 minutes, I can get on and just play a couple rounds of multiplayer, whatever, and be done with my day. Whereas there's games that involve a lot of story and everything, which I, enjoy, I used to enjoy playing all types of games. I used to really love playing Final Fantasy games. Like, my favorite game of all time, probably, still to this day, I would have to say is Final Fantasy VII, the original one on the OG PlayStation, the PlayStation 1. But <laughs> that's a game that eats up a lot of time. You're gonna grind on that, and you're gonna go through that story. If you want to do it upright and max everybody's level, everybody's levels, and uh, do everything in the game, you're talking over a hundred hours. You're gonna spend doing that. That's that's a lot of time. Yeah, it's not something I'm gonna knock out in a week, unless I don't sleep, <laughs> which I did when the original Final Fantasy VII did come out. I was in high school at the time. I skipped school, I think, pretty much that entire week. (laughs) I went to work still, but I did zero sleep, and I hallucinated. I remember being up so many days straight, and then looking over the wall while playing Final Fantasy VII and then seeing a tongue-like texture come out of the wall in the shape of a pyramid, and it had this tongue texture to it. It was very strange. And... (laughs) I knew at that point, I was like, I know that's not real. (laughs) At least I'm pretty certain it wasn't real. At the time, I I was convinced that I was just hallucinating because I hadn't slept in like a week. Because, you know, I would imagine most people are aware if you go long enough without sleep, though I I don't think everybody's experienced this, but if you go long enough without sleep, your body will start basically sleeping while you're awake and it causes hallucinations. As I can attest to. Thank you, Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> I was almost saddened, though, that, like, it, I felt like it should have been something from the game. Well, that, not, like, maybe Sephiroth coming out of the wall and then trying to slice my head off or something. Something weird. Or Cloud Strife, just like, hey, what's up? Or, you know, Barrett from the Cloud Saucer date. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, Kate Sith would have been a weird one. It would have been like, well, okay. Yeah. I don't know that any character coming out would have been like, you know, I want more of this. I should stay up for another week. I don't know. Uh, and there's so many great scenes from that final fantasy seven. You got the, where he's going to the sex parlor and there's the, uh, <laughs> the sex <laughs> in the sex parlor and stuff. Oh, uh, good stuff. Good, good stuff which they kept some of that in the remake. And I I'd uh, which I enjoy the remake for the most part, but it still doesn't have quite the, the the heart of the original. I feel like uh they should have had more in the remake whereas like when you play the remake um they force you to, like, th- this is very much similar to what they did in Metal Gear Solid 5, which Metal Gear Solid 5 was not a finished game from what I understand, that they had, uh, Konami had not come to terms with Hideo Kojima, and, uh, or they were having difficulties there. I guess they were getting tired of uh, missing deadlines and stuff. I don't know, there was, there's some issues there. And uh, much like, which I don't, I don't think this is why the Final Fantasy VII remakes like this. But in both cases, the Final Fantasy VII remake and Metal Gear Solid V, they make it seem like a longer game by once you go through it, you have to go through it again at a harder difficulty, basically. And in Metal Gear Solid V's, uh, reason by uh, by the reason why that was in that game is uh, simply because, from what I understand, is like they had cut ties with Kojima and we're just trying to finish up the game so it seemed like there was more to the game. Well, just now let you beat the game. <laughs> now you go through and play these stages on higher difficulties. And it's a shame on that game because there's it's a fun game. And then there's clearly more story that Kojima wanted to put in there and cutscenes because you can see some of the clips and art from it. Of what would have continued on to be more of a story to that game, like in the game still, but you don't get the full game. And uh, I, I'm a fan of the Metal Gear, and uh, uh, I'd, I'd really love to see Metal Gear Solid One like redone because that game is so fun. That is one of another one that is high up there. The original PlayStation had some of my all time faves on that fucking on that game on the on that system. Uh, let's see, there's any uh, news on that? Because I I thought I heard them possibly doing a, uh, a remake of the OG. This is from November, and they're just talking rumors here. <clears throat> this is uh 3 days ago. Here's the latest one I see here. Um So I guess possibly they are. It's uh Real Sport 101 says here, which is I guess a radio station. Uh <laughs> um did you It's a whole new generation awaits. Metal Gear Solid has been a huge part of many gamers' uh, formative years, so on Metal Gear Solid Remake for modern PlayStation consoles, including the PS5, something people have wanted for a long time. Players have hoped it will show up at the PlayStation Showcase events or State of Play streams, but no luck as of yet, so we're looking towards the last major event of 2021 for a possible update. Here's the latest news on it. Oh, damn it, and I just clicked on somebody's Twitch channel. <laughs> Did not mean to do that. Um, <laughs> after the rumor, uh, Mill went quiet following PlayStation Showcase. Uh, could we hear more about this during the uh, Game Awards 2021 event? And... Um, oh, this is interesting. Okay. It says, There are a ton of games set to show, and according to founder uh, Jeff... Uh, Kylie, up to 10 games being shown have never been seen before. Old Metal Gear Solid games temporarily removed from sale. Um, While it doesn't say anything about the rumored Metal Gear Solid remake, something interesting has happened in the world of Metal Gear this week. Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3 have been removed from sale on digital stores like PlayStation 3 and Xbox One. However, Konami says it's just a temporary removal removal due to some licensing renewals that are still being worked on we sincerely ask for your patience and understanding as we work towards making these products available for purchase once again Konami uh, say you can see their full statement below uh, yeah there's not a whole lot on this article but basically we it's possible they're working on this possible I would like to see what it would look like as a remake here oh damn it Let's see what this video is uh oh this person is pushing a metal gear solid three remake instead of the part one three was good, but you know I don't know that I need a remake of that. Um, the the I'd like to really see an updated version of the first one that came out on PlayStation 1 because that one just deserves better quality graphics. And it's fun to play even like going back with the shitty graphics and playing it. But at the end of the day, you know, it's just not as pleasurable to see it with really nice graphics. Such a good game. Such a good, fun game. They could really do some shit with that, you know? Although I'd have a tough time. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if this trick would work, but on the original PlayStation on Metal Gear Salad, you had the Mantis character that had the mind-reading abilities. And he could... uh, He knew what you were doing. And he would fucking kick your ass if you plugged your controller into into the uh, Player One controller. But if you... Plugged your controller into the player two. He couldn't read your mind, and then you could just kick his ass. So I, the, I guess you could still kind of do that on a PlayStation. Confuse it to where you're, you're player two, not player one. I don't know. <laughs> uh, as uh, I remember that, uh, I don't. I think I maybe heard about that before. I got to Mantis. So I think I was able to beat Mantis relatively easy the first go around. I'm not sure. It's been so many years. That was, again, like 90-something. Probably around 97, which was when Final Fantasy VII came out. I mean, it was a fucking great time for video games. Creativity, the stories, good shit. And uh, (laughs) I should get to uh, last night unrelated to video games, I guess, but, uh, there was, um, tornadoes, something like five states, like it went through and it killed, uh, quite a few people, these tornadoes and stuff in the middle of the U S here. That is to be, uh, you know, specific. Um, and, uh, <coughs> there were some tornadoes here. I don't know how bad it got here in Washmo, but it, it did mess up my, uh, a uh, little fence outside of a vinyl fence that little partition more, more accurately d- describes it, I guess that it, it, it took off several of the slats and stuff. Did crack one of them. I should probably replace that. I'm not sure where the cap for the fence went either. That's only like four bucks. So I could replace that and not bother going through the hassle of the HOA or homeowners insurance on that. But, uh, little annoying having to go out there and fix it but uh thankfully I didn't see I didn't see any real damage on the roof from what I could tell or anything so that 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 would suck ass because I just had part of that repaired anyway I would definitely be calling up the insurance if that that fucking happened um but uh anyway <laughs> the sirens uh for the tornado warnings were going off as and I knew I had already gotten an alert on my phone that like, hey, there's a tornado. And uh in the penthouse here, there's no basement. It's uh just on a concrete slab. So there's no going into the basement to hide out. But I figured, you know, I'm safer downstairs and maybe like under the stairs-ish. So um I knew I had to shit, so I went to the downstairs uh bathroom, which is by the stairs, not quite under them per se. But uh, I was deucing on there as the uh, then the tornado siren started going. I'm like, ah, shit, man. And, like, it, it, I couldn't quite get it all out. I'm like, I was really, it was like, man, if a tornado does take out my house with me, <laughs> hopefully it has the courtesy to wait until I finish dropping that deuce. Because, uh, you know, it's... It would be terrible for somebody to have to clean up the debris of the torn apart penthouse where it's just nothing but just wood and vinyl siding and parts of stairs. And then to find my body like in the debris covered in shit, you know, I I hopefully I was hoping, you know, give me the chance to completely clear out my system here and then flush it. So that way, they don't at least have to deal with shit. Seemed like a courtesy thing, you know. But you know, thankfully, I—spoiler uh, alert—I I survived it. <laughs> uh. But uh, but yeah, uh, it was. I stayed downstairs actually while this, the bad weather was going on. I mean, I could tell the wind was bad. I didn't want to go outside. And uh, the sirens went off several times throughout the night. Uh, and uh, so I I figured it was at least best that I just hang out downstairs and if I felt the wind was getting too bad, maybe just hide out in the, uh, the little closet I have in the kitchen because that's directly under the stairs. And so, again, I could be the people under the stairs. Like when I was at Jackman's house, I lived under the stairs-ish. I was in the basement. I was in the safest place there for if a tornado ever hit in the basement under the stairs. Not really. It wasn't, it wasn't the side of the stairs. Anyway, <laughs> I love that old, uh, West Craven flick people under the stairs. Um, <laughs> I never did wear like a, a leather GIMPS suit or anything like that. But, uh, anyway, <laughs> I digress yet again. Um, yeah, I was, uh, hanging out downstairs last night instead of rocking, uh, Call of Duty. I was finishing up Squid Game finally as uh I'm a little out of the loop on Squid Game. I realized that, that came out, you know, months ago, I guess at this point. And it was all the rage when it came out. So I was like, all right. I'll finish this up. Like this week I started really watching it. It it's I mean, it's not the most amazing thing I've seen, but it's an entertaining show. It's still I mean, it looks to me like confusing it's confusing because of the fact that it looks like a really long PlayStation commercial because you got <laughs> minus the X you got the circle, triangle <laughs> and square on, on all the shit. And it's uh just like the PlayStation buttons. I'm waiting to hear like Playstation. <laughs> and I never did. I never did. And none of the games involve playing PlayStation, although all the games, I mean, they're all kids' games. Apparently, most of them like Korean games. Red Light, Green Light. I mean, I'm aware of that one, although not with a robot that has uh, motion (laughs) sensors to where if you move, it will shoot you. I'm not familiar with that aspect of the game, but I've heard of Red Light, Green Light. I may have played it when I was a kid. Don't really recall. Um... (laughs) Definitely, Squid Game itself. Uh, that is something I'm unfamiliar with. Apparently, it is a uh, um, <laughs> uh, you know, a Korean game, or at least they say in the show. There's, I'm. Oh no, this is a Reddit thing. I was looking to see if like PlayStation sued them <laughs> over it, like. The, I mean, they're basic shapes, so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, apparently, that, the reason why they chose it is because the, uh, they represent letters of the Korean alphabet, which the circle is the letter O, the triangle is part of the letter J, the square is the letter M, and OJM are the initials for the Korean name for the squid game, Ojin Geo Game, uh, which I probably horribly mispronounced. Uh Oh, here we go. There's a rumor mill of October is Squid Game coming on PlayStation coming on PlayStation 5 rumors explained. Uh is Squid Game coming on PS5? This is on com. here. Uh let's find out. All right, so boom, check out the Squid Game. Every single one of you has heard about this recently whether you were browsing your Twitter whether you're browsing your TikTok or whether you're browsing your Instagram. I'm a couple months behind, but, you know. Uh, you have heard it somehow. Squid Game revolves around a competition. Yeah, yeah. It's basically Hunger Games meets <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Okay, now today we're going to take a look at Squid Game, a video game. This was truly turned into by someone. It's a video game that they created themselves. Hmm. They had the sound effects and they had the footage, the exact same game as on the show. What are your thoughts on a video game that appears to be based on Squid Game in some way? Is this a concept that you'd be interested in? Rather, would you prefer some see more innovative gameplay ideas in video games? So that doesn't tell me shit. Oh, here we go. Here's the... Point to the article here. Um, the popular of Squid Game has risen in what seems like the blink of an eye, almost everyone is talking about the South Korean Netflix drama right now, with children imitating the show in the playground. In addition, the concept existed years back with children playing red light, green light, stop. But a substantial name, Squid Game, now has made the name and concept of the game more relatable and known. It was only a matter of time before fans began devising methods to incorporate the performance into video games. For those who haven't seen Squid Game, the Squid Game Netflix series... Oh, God damn it! Yeah, we're getting back into the... <laughs> People compete for money the, playing child's games, and if they fail, they die. That's basically it. Uh, there are rumors we can anticipate about Squid Game on PS5. Moreover, the fame that the show is receiving has green-signaled the various gaming developers in addition, we can already find pre-existing games. Some of the concept of PS Five. Um, that told me nothing. So I. <laughs> I guess there's a squid map on, squid game map on uh, Fortnite, where people are making a map that's like squid game esque. Uh. Oh, Netflix is looking into one. Hmm. That's interesting. It could make up some money. I would just like I wonder if like PlayStation would sue them over uh <laughs> anything like that. Uh, from my understanding that I guess they're already working on a season two of uh Squid Game. As, I mean it's it was huge. Which I I hope the uh, main character which uh his name I'm I don't recall <laughs> the guy that dyed his hair red at the end. That he doesn't go dark. I hope he doesn't become a bad guy. Or at least, if he does become a bad guy, it's at the end. Like, I feel like it's just going to keep... What's going to happen is they're going to keep turning this show out. It's just going to be a new game every year. And I feel like it's just going to be a re-spin of what's already happened. I want to see these uh, people that are the uh, VIPs and shit go down, you know? The chaos... And find out more of how these people that are the uh, soldiers in it, like how they became soldiers in the game itself. I would imagine it's much like the contestants sort of situations. Uh, And uh, I'm seeing a thing here on hypebay.com that says, uh, fans of the hit Netflix show Squid Game can't rejoice. Season 2 is well on its way. The second installment of the Grizzly television series Will reportedly explore the vulnerable side of main character Xiong Ji Hun, uh, played by Li Jai, uh who was last seen exiting a, a boarding plane to confront the creators of the gruesome game. But, uh, the, I, I'm not interested in, like, what it could possibly be about. I get the, you know, what they're going here, but I don't see anything about a uh, possible re. Uh, date or uh, you know when it would come out or if they're actually filming now which I mean it's only been a couple months really since it released so I imagine they're probably in pre-production at this point if anything so you know getting stories together that sort of thing scripts yada yada forcing people to you know play child child games i don't know what are the games i i wonder if they're going to go different countries like i feel like there might be in different countries uh if i remember correctly i heard uh, i think some of the vips spoiler alert if you haven't watched squid game there's at the end you get to see the people vips that are, are betting on the games people with a fuck ton of money you get you know you're left you don't really see them or get to know any about thing about these VIPs, but you get the idea that they're the uh billionaires of the world, you know, the uh two percenters, the ones that have all the fucking money that have more than, you know, the rest of the ninety whatever percent of the population have together, like combined. And uh, you know, like your Bill Gates and such, your Jeff Bezos that are that are betting on these games. Which I see Bezos definitely doing. He's definitely He might have watched Squid Game and, you know what, like, this sounds like fun. Let's do this. Let's do it and do it in space. Because if you do it in space, is it illegal if it happens? Because who has jurisdiction out in space? Does Space Force? Does Space Force come out there and, like, just, like, maybe that's why Space Force was created. They knew there was going to be a Squid Game situation where people were going to be, They're not really forced to play in the game, but you know when they get start playing in the game, they're kind of they're in the shitty part of their life. It's like uh, when you get somebody addicted to drugs, you know, and uh, you don't force them to take, you know, you might get them convince them to take that first hit of drugs, and everything feels so great early on, and uh, then uh, like afterwards you're addicted, you have to have the drugs, then you'll do whatever you can to get those drugs. It's sort of that situation with Squid Game. I mean, these people are in a shitty part of life where they, like, they have to get money. They're in this part, like all these people, they're, uh, they might go to jail. They've done some bad shit. and uh, <laughs> Their family, you know, they've got family members that need surgery. They need all this stuff, and they've made bad decisions in life. And this is... They're either gonna die or literally or uh, w- win this money, and uh, <laughs> so they go into these games thinking they have a chance to make money. But then again, you know they don't tell you when you sign up to the game. Oh, everybody's going to die except for one person. <laughs> they they uh leave that out. That's not on the little card they give you. Not uh. Well, maybe one of the shapes means that. The letters could also mean like hey the rules maybe they just didn't catch it that's what the umbrella's for that's that's what that means that's uh the game number 2 i believe where they have uh, uh the shapes you got to like uh they melt sugar and then you got to take a needle and then <laughs> cut through the shape to leave the sugar like sugar star sugar umbrella sugar triangle You got to do it cleanly without breaking it, breaking the sugar stick, whatever. (laughs) Uh, it's an entertaining show though. And it's good to see. I like seeing when they have television shows and such that are well made in like other countries outside of America that, uh, like it's good to see stuff like that. And like, there's a getting to be more and more like better made like German shows. And I, I like. Uh, I feel like with these other countries too. Maybe not so much with Squid Game, but like with some of these German shows, they don't seem to be um, as forced to go by the guidelines that like how uh, Hollywood like enforces on like screenplays and and stuff. Shows give more, I guess shows like on Netflix and stuff that is just meant to be binged. They don't have as many rules as say like a screenplay for a movie. Those are pretty form formulaic. Um but then you look at Walking Dead, I mean that's extremely formulaic. It's uh it's it's a soap opera with zombies. I feel like they could at least work on the horror aspect on it. You know? Get more uh just darkness. And where's my fucking zombie brothel, Walking Dead? That better be in the wall, the Rick Grimes movie. I've been bitching about that since this show began because, if I remember correctly, Walking Dead came out around 2011, and the show started in 2012, fuckers. So I've been bitching about the zombie brothel, hoping it would be in there. There's got to be at least some zombie movie that's going to have the balls to put a zombie brothel in there. Somebody's going to do it. I guess I'm going to have to do it. I have to make a movie where there's a zombie brothel. And to be clear what a zombie brothel would be, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. But uh, people are sick, fuck, fucked up individuals. You know, not everybody. But uh, there's, If I think if you put people in a post-apocalyptic scenario where there's like nuclear fallout and just walking dead everywhere, there's zombies. And people are killing each other for food and stuff. That we're going to go more towards like base instincts and pleasures and everything like that. There's going to be a zombie brothel in real life. I'm certain of that. That people are going <laughs> to figure out <laughs> that you can fuck a zombie. Uh, uh that like necrophilia is going to be more of a thing when the thing can move. Although it might be, you know, I mean, it, it's dangerous, but, you know, people, uh, Accidentally kill themselves all the time with autoerotic asphyxiation. Why about all the time? But it happens. I mean, it happened to David Carradine, um, fucking Bill, man. Uh, and uh, they he killed Bill. Um, but uh, some people are gonna try it. It's 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 a thing. If the zombie apocalypse hits, there's gonna be a zombie brothel. And what I would imagine would happen they would take out the teeth of the zombie and maybe make sure it didn't have any like sharp nails so it couldn't like cut into you and maybe like <laughs> hold its you know pelvis somehow in a in a position to where they could insert but it's still even that with that you know they twist the wrong way and shit it could be a real problem could be a real problem but i imagine people are going to try people are going to try i remember there being a story I think it was an HBO docu-series sort of thing, like a true crime thing, where they had talked about a guy in the, I want to say the 1800s or something. I don't recall what it was. He was a doctor of some sort. Older guy that had fallen in love with this girl that I think was like in her 20s. She died from some kind of sickness or something like that. And... uh he uh, would visit her tomb all the time and people would see him with like a briefcase or something some kind of a case that he would go in there all the time when we could go visit her in the tomb she was buried in a tomb I guess her family had some money and uh, I wish I could remember this doctor's name but what he was doing apparently well eventually he would he did this for like at least several months like a year or something it was something ridiculous He's, like, visiting this thing every fucking day with this bag. And then one day he just stops going there. Till, I guess, somebody had discovered that uh, <laughs> she wasn't in the tomb anymore or they just found it her at his house. I don't recall what it was. But he was trying to preserve her body when he uh, would continuously go in there. And uh, he did, uh, (laughs) he put stuff in the uh, vaginal canal, as it were, to where he could have sex with her corpse. And apparently he was, uh, I feel like this is what Necromantic uh, was loosely based on, although that was a couple that started on that. I feel like somebody heard the story of this. and was like, you know what, we need to make a German horror film. A German horror film classic. Necromantic. If you haven't watched that, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you shouldn't. Necromantic 2, there's there's more than one of those. There's two, at least two of them. But uh, Necromantic 2 gets real fucked up, the ending, which you used to be able to just pull up on uh, YouTube and watch, which I always thought when it at the time, like 10 years ago, whenever I was watching on YouTube, it's like, this seems wrong that you can just pull this up on YouTube because, I mean, there's some pretty... Graphic stuff going on there. I mean, like I felt like I had the th- thousand-yard stare after watching those two films. Like I had seen some shit, and uh, you know, life was different after Necromantic. <laughs> but uh, I I yeah, I lost. Uh. <clears throat> mm, this is gonna be uh. <laughs> I got to find this doctor, damn it. Reserved. Uh. Hmm. The I feel like there's going to be <laughs> uh 1800. And this maybe this will narrow it down. Okay. This is a uh, hmm. <laughs> I think I may have found it. Uh. Doo-doo-doo. Okay, yeah, here it is. Holy shit! Okay, I think I found the story on this. It wasn't the eighteen hundreds. It was more recent than that. This is all that. It, uh, that's interesting. Dot com says here. This is a. Uh, Carl Tanzler fell in love with his patient, then lived with her corpse. Uh, some people have a hard time letting go, and Carl Tanzler may have had the hardest. Uh, I think they might have the pun intentional there. Like, there's no quote around hardest, but uh, I'm getting the impression that it might be kind of intentional. Anyway, in 1931, Carl Tanzler fell in love with a patient he was treating for tuberculosis, this love made him determined to keep his patient alive, which he attempted to do quite literally by removing her corpse from the mausoleum, uh, mausoleum it was housed in and holding it together with coat hangers, wax, and silk. Karl Tanzler was born in 1877 and reportedly studied weathered patterns in Austria in 1910, where he stayed until the end of World War I. Upon returning home, Tansler married and had two children in nineteen twenty, and the family emigrated to Zephyr Hills, Florida. Tansler quickly abandoned his brood after accepting a position as a radio uh <clears throat> radiologic radiologic <laughs> I can't speak today. <laughs> Technician uh in Key West. Uh uh, where he worked as at the U.S. Marine H- Hospital under the name Count Carl von Kozel. Um, Count Carl von Kozel. <laughs> when a Cuban American woman named Maria Elena Milagro de Hoyos uh, walked into the hospital, the doctor saw before him an actual dream come true. Born in Key West in 1909, the daughter of a cigar maker and a homemaker. Hoyos was raised in a large family and was brought to the hospital by her mother after becoming ill. As a young boy in Germany, of course the fucker's German. Uh, I mean, they did make necromantic, and they're, it's Germany, home of the fucking Nazis and stuff. They do some weird shit. Uh, Tanzler would often have visions of a stunning, dark-haired woman who was predestined to be his one true love. The 22-year-old beauty resembled his childhood premonition so closely that he immediately became convinced that their love was meant to be. Unfortunately for them both, Tanzler's prognosis for young Hoyos was not great. Having diagnosed her with tuberculosis, which was still considered to be a fatal disease in the early 1900s, despite the lack of qualifications needed to treat a tuberculosis patient, Tanzler was determined to save Hoyos and used a variety of specially made tonics, elixirs, and medicines in an effort to do so. Carl uh, Tanzler administered these treatments in Hoyos' uh, family home, showering her with gifts and declaring his love all the while. Uh, despite his best efforts, Hoyos succumbed to her illness in October of 1931, leaving her family and a newly obsessed caretaker heartbroken. Tansler insisted on purchasing a pricey stone mausoleum in Key West Cemetery for her remains to lay, and with her parents' permission, hired a mortician to prepare her body f- before locking her inside. Hoyos's family didn't realize that the only key to the tomb would remain in Tansler's possession. Uh, Tansler would quickly take advantage of this privilege, which would result in one of the most macabre tales of all time. Tansler visited Hoyos' grave every night for nearly two years. A habit that stopped abruptly after he lost his job for reasons unknown. Uh, I feel like he was probably a little preoccupied and maybe did some fucked up shit at his work too, probably stole some stuff to help uh, you know preserve this body, but anyway, while her family did consider this drastic change in behavior to be a bit strange, they could not have imagined the reasoning behind it. In April of 1933, Carl Tanzler removed Hoyos' body from the mausoleum, no longer requiring him to make his nightly visits to the graveyard as she would now be housed in his home. Oh, fuck, there's pictures of it, man. Son of a bitch. Uh, now two years deceased, Carl Tanzler was left with the task of maintaining Hoyos's corpse. He did this as needed inside of an old airplane he had repurposed into a makeshift medical laboratory. Uh, he had to say it all laboratory instead of laboratory because uh, it just sounds more menacing when you do. Um, there he looked to a number of DIY tricks to keep the young woman's decaying body intact, including plaster of Paris and glass eyes to maintain the integrity of her face as well as coat hangers and other wires to stabilize her skeletal frame. He had her torso stuffed with rags in an attempt to preserve its original form, and he covered her scalp with bits of real hair. Tanzler added copious amounts of perfumes, flowers, disinfectants, and preserving agents to keep the rotting odor at bay, and routinely applied mortician's wax to Hoyos's face in an effort to keep her alive. Carl Tanzler had the corpse wrapped in a dress, gloves, and jewelry and placed the body in his own bed, which he shared with the corpse for the next seven years. That's that's a while to be living with a dead person. Um, with pretty much the entire town talking about the reclusive man often seen buying women's clothing and perfume, on top of one local boy's account of witnessing the doctor dancing with what appeared to be a giant doll Hoyos' family began to suspect that something was off. After Hoyos' sister showed up at Tansler's home in 1940, the jig was up. There she found what she believed to be a life-sized effigy of her departed sister. Arriving authorities quickly determined that this doll was in fact Hoyos herself, and they arrested Tansler for grave robbing. An autopsy of the body revealed that the intricacies of Tansler's work which included a paper tube inserted between her legs, forming a makeshift vagina. Uh, a fuck, uh, f- I'm trying to think of a good word for a fake vagina. Um, fox vagina, maybe? Um, although Tanzler never admitted to committing any necrophiliac acts. Right, right. Just want that, uh, <laughs> right. Uh, a psychiatric evaluation determined that uh, Tansler was competent to stand trial Although some reports state that his ultimate plans involved flying Hoyos high into the stratosphere so that radiation from outer space could penetrate her tissues and restore light to her. Some knowledge form. Um, despite everything, the statute of limitations had expired for the crime he was accused of committing, leaving Tansler free to go. Hoyos' body was placed on display at a local funeral home where nearly 7,000 people came to see the corrupted corpse for themselves. Her body was finally laid to rest once and for all in an unmarked grave in Key West Cemetery. Carl Tanzler actually received quite a bit of compassion during his trial, with some even viewing as, as a hopeless, albeit eccentric, romantic. Nevertheless, he went on to live out the rest of his days alone and died in his home in 1952, where he was discovered three weeks after his passing. I mean, at least he didn't, like, kill her and stuff. I mean, it's fucked up and weird. Like, fucking a corpse is, is weird, man. It's weird. And this picture of her, is, it's fucking creepy. Like, they show a picture of her corpse here, like, after the, I guess they found it. There's a picture uh, of her when she was alive, and she looks like a very beautiful young woman here. And then then there's this picture of her corpse, and it looks nothing like her. Um, you can tell that there's, like, a wax face with a uh, fake eyes and shit. It's <laughs> It's fucking weird, dude. He totally fucked that thing. Why else are you going to put a fake vagina in there? A weird dude. Weird dude. You know, I get it. Caring uh, somebody, like, really strongly. And, uh, you know, making you a know, Oh, a bit on the cray-cray. On the cray-cray. That seems a bit far, though. Uh, slightly far. I mean, I may not... I may not go that far, you know. I may not put the paper uh, tube in there. I'm still fine with just masturbating on the side. I'll just go to the side and... uh <laughs> I don't feel like I need to rob somebody's corpse afterwards. I think, you know, maybe I'll just try to create a hologram and that and then just fuck my hand. I, fucking a corpse just seems like too much. That's too much work there. Uh, I I believe it, it's been a few years since I mentioned this, but at one point in time I did have a fake vagina. It wasn't a fleshlight. It was a a molded vagina. It was like a, and had like the asshole and stuff on there. And, uh nothing ever felt more humiliating and embarrassing, even though I was, uh, pretty much doing it by myself, except for when I was in my one real serious relationship there where, uh, she wanted me to fuck it in front of her. That was really humiliating by the way. Um, I ended up only doing it a couple of times to the damn thing. Like sure. It felt good, but you know, afterwards, you know, you're laying on uh, top of this fake vagina after fucking it. And, uh, You're just like, it's... If you've ever had the walk of shame after a long night of, like, drinking and, you know, uh, had a a lady friend and maybe a couple other people with you and then, like, walk past, you know, a mother with her child, which I may have... (laughs) I may have done this at least once. (laughs) Which there was no... There was no crazy sex or anything that happened that night. That night. Um... (laughs) With that current walk, the walk of shame I'm i, I uh, digging upon for uh, reference here. But the look, and you can tell that, you know, none of us had showered and that clearly there was some drunken debauchery that happened the night before that, you know, there's that walk of shame. Like, oh, hang on. This, you know, sh- woman is trying to shield her child. Like, don't, don't let these people corrupt you. Um, That didn't compare to fucking a fake vagina and, like, laying on top of it. And once, once the... Semen got out. It was just like felt like, oh, I am just, I'm just a worthless piece of fuck. I can't imagine the feeling I'd get if I fucked a corpse that I put uh, fake eyes in and a paper tube for a vagina. Of course, nowadays I could just put a fleshlight in there. That would be a better option. But also, there's the fact of when you're fucking like a fake vagina or a fleshlight, the uh, then you gotta clean it up, man. You can't just like let your cum dry up in there, because then when you fuck it again, it's not going to be right, it's going to, you know, gets. Like it's like a sock after you, like, come on it and stuff, like, it's going to be crusty, it's going to be a problem, like, you got to make sure you wash it out afterwards. So, like, what are you going to do? Uh, with the flesh like you know, just toss in your fucking dishwasher or something? I mean, that's, and then you, like, just the thought, even though there's soap in there, like, I don't want my semen, my my baby batter to be, like, washed up against, like, my other dishes, that's kind of fucked up. <laughs> so, know you're like over at the sink like washing out a fake vagina and it's just like oh this is like too much work when to get a nun off and you just spit on your hand like jerk it a few times and then shoot it to the toilet it's it shouldn't be any more complicated than that Even if you know you're hung up on uh, this uh woman or or man whatever or i don't know inanimate object (laughs) whatever you're into whatever kink you're into you know, uh, I don't think you need to go through the process of like fucking like a uh, a corpse or uh, something resembling it. Just just imagine it in your head, you know. Get a, get a picture and then uh, or whatever, and then uh, sh- <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of ideas of what I was going to talk about as as normal with a podcast, but I didn't expect to go into such great detail tonight about the or. Today, rather. It's two in the afternoon. (laughs) But uh, while I'm recording this here. Didn't expect to go into such great detail about fucking corpses today, but here I am. I guess it's been too long since I had anything too vulgar on here. Gotta really live up to the tagline, which I haven't been doing for several years now, I guess. So I guess here's your vulgarities for a while. (laughs) Yes. Ugh. Yeah, I... uh I think I might be slightly disturbed, but you know, I'm not fucking corpses. I think that's the moral of the story, and I'm not down for it. Not gonna do it. And uh you know, it's just not just not my my thing. And uh that Carl Tanzler, he fucking definitely did. Tansler, you fucking menace you, you sick bastard. And then again, I mean he I mean he loved her. He was trying to preserve her body. Didn't do a good job of it. It's almost like Norman Bates style stuff, but at least you know he's not murdering people. Again, didn't kill people. Although maybe some of those weird tonics and shit he gave her to save her from the TB might have helped out in her demise. But that's just speculation. I like in the the article I read there. I didn't really see anything to suggest that perhaps she was also in love with him. I don't know. He was quite a bit older than her. Um that would that's it's an interesting thing to think of, but Tansler is a Carl Tansler, man. Fucking Germans. I say that yet, you know <laughs> good percentage of me is German, so not enough to want to fuck a corpse, but uh <laughs> I consider making a weird movie about it. <laughs> not fucking a corpse so much. I wouldn't go necromantic bad, but making a movie out of Carl Tansler, I don't know. I don't see that going well I don't know who's gonna wanna watch a movie. It's gonna be a very uh you know there's there's gonna be few people that watch it. I mean people watch rubber the movie about the tire that killed people and that would uh, like yeah, that was a weird fucking thing um now now I'm looking at other shit about Carl Tanzler and that that why is there a picture of this fucking corpse man uh what a weird dude. Weird dude. He loved a corpse. 7 years, man. He had it in uh, It does say here the, the, these weird facts about him. I think he had uh more than one name other than the other one I had read there. He's uh, the first bizarre fact about Carl Tanzler other than the fact that he fell in love with the corpse of his patient Elena de Hoyos is that he went by many names on his German marriage certificate. His name reads as George Carl Tansler. On its United States citizenship papers it reads as Carl Tansler Von Kozel and on his Florida death certificate it is Carl Tansler. Additionally a few of his hospital records are signed as Carl Tansler. But it's basically just like different spellings of the same thing for the most part other than putting in the extra Von Kozel. Um, it says here too he was plagued by visions of his true love which it was talked about in that other story there. Uh, during his childhood and travels to Genoa, Italy. Tanzer claims his dead ancestor visited him. Oh, I didn't mention that in the last article. His alleged ancestor Anna Constantia von Brockdorf appeared in his visions and showed him the face of his true love, a foreign woman with dark hair. And then, of course, the fateful meeting with Maria Elena Milagro de Hoyos. On April twenty second, nineteen thirty, while working at the Marine Hospital in Key West, Carl Tanzler found them at his true love, which it did talk about in that other one. Yeah, she's human born. Yeah, she had dark hair. He was like, "This is the woman. This is the one with the." uh, And uh, my dead aunt told me about um dead aunt dead aunt uh he uh, professed his love with gifts and jewelry. He was smitten with, uh, since he set eyes on Hoyos. Nobody knew the sinister extent of the session. After an examination, Hoyos was diagnosed with the deadly disease tuberculosis, which they talked about. Um, I'm not seeing, I want to see if, like, she cared about him, which I'm not seeing that, you know. uh, doo-doo. Yeah, okay, she did not, from what I'm reading here at least. This is museumfacts.co.uk by uh, FYI. There um, during during this time, he professes love for her with numerous gifts, jewelry, and clothing, but his love was unrequited. Uh, and it talks about his sinister turn. About uh, oh, here we go. Elena's spirit visited Carl Tanzler. Carl Tanzer claimed that Elena de Hoyos' spirit would visit him at the cemetery and he would then sit by her grave, serenading her with his favorite Spanish song. Moreover, he said that she would urge him to take her out from her grave. So was her fault. <laughs> it's always her fault, right? It's always the woman's fault. <laughs> yeah, she was like, take me out of here and put a paper tube in my vagina. Stick a paper tube in my vagina. That's I need that in there. I need to keep that hole open. Um I wonder if it was still unrequited after she died. Did she show real love for him after? Uh <laughs> yeah, it gets into taking the body here. Uh do um yeah, it's getting some uh, kind of the same shit. Oh, there's a different picture of the body there. He's got her in some nice clothes, at least. I mean, it's fucking, fucking weird, dude. <laughs> fucking wax face and shit. Uh, it says here, uh, he had slept with the corpse. But uh, the most bizarre and disturbing factor on the list is that Carl Tanzler slept with the corpse every night in their marital bed, and practiced necrophilia. Well, marital bed. Did they get married before? I didn't see anything about that. Did he marry her after she was dead? Not sure what happened there, but uh, he was so obsessed that he did not even mind the smell of decay. Furthermore, he and Elena's corpse enjoyed dinners and danced together at the fireside. <laughs> the last dance with his true love. There were lots of rumors that Carl had a new love interest in his life who wasn't human. It was, in fact, the dead body of Elena de Hoyos. To confirm these rumors, Elena's sister... Florinda went to confront the doctor. She peeped into his living room uh, window and to her horror saw him dancing with the corpse of her sister. That's what she called authorities, which they mentioned this sort of, some of it at least, in that last article. It it says here, his obsession continued till his death. He moved to Florida after the trial and his obsession did not stop there. He used a mold of her head and created a life-size model of Lena and lived until his death. Age of 75, July 3rd, 1952. It has been reported that he died with the model in his arms. Additionally, many say that he died with the real body of Elena and that Tanzler had the bodies switched. It's fucking weird. Really strange. Oh, here he is with the death mask. The death mask looks better than the actual corpse. Just saying. The fucking corpse with the wax mask or whatever the fuck in the fake eyes there is I was searching way too much about Carl Tansler. I feel like I'm I'm going to get flagged for something. There's a uh, that's like all my Google searches anytime I gonna type C now is going to be Carl Tansler. I'm gonna be like, "Oh, remember Dr. Carl Tansler? Dr. Carl Carl." Uh, and I'm thinking Walking Dead again. Cuz of Carl and, you know, corpses. And shit, I'm about to knock my fucking uh, mic off the desk that I talked about in the very beginning as I caught it before it fell off. Is oh shit. As now i managed to take the screw out that holds it in as now I'm just holding the mic. And uh, so <laughs> I guess I'm about good here. I mean, I've talked as much as I can. Oh, and there it went off the desk. Uh, I think I've talked about as much as I can about fucking corpses for the night. <laughs> Although, again, he said he didn't fuck the corpse. He was just putting the paper tube in there to preserve her vagina, I guess, because the lover was unrequited, and maybe she fucked other fe- fellas. She was in love with somebody else. Not sure. Or that maybe she just thought she was, you know, he thought maybe she was going to have a baby at some point, might need that vaginal canal. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm done, though. But as always, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can. <laughs>